It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. How did Week 10 impact our perspective of the AFC? We're delivering our updated AFC Power Rankings today on the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day, and a big welcome and shout-out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate you all being here very, very much. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Joe, it is week 11, and we have a barn burner to start on Thursday. The Bengals at the Ravens. Very high leverage football game. A lot at stake in the AFC in that contest. Uh, But there was a lot that changed, at least for me. I don't know about you, with the AFC from last week to this week in my Tuesday power rankings because I have three teams in the same spot as they were last week. And it's the team in first place who didn't play and the two teams that were in last. And that's it. That's it. I don't, I don't, I didn't uh, do the thing where I marked the spots difference, but I, I'm guessing it's pretty similar. Quite a bit of change here. Teams, um, it was an important week, right? Like we got into it yesterday yeah. in the recap show, a lot of big interconference games. And we're past the midway season, the uh, point of the season. And so it's starting to starting to take form. It's still very tight, but it's starting to take form. And you're 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 learning about who's who's the pretenders, who's the contenders, and obviously the games will sort it out. But yes, big week in the AFC. I think you can realistically look at maybe not from a schedule perspective, but from a standings perspective after week 10. And you could really only say there's probably two teams that are out of it. Would that be a fair statement? Um, yeah, that, I mean, yeah, that are completely out of it. Yeah, there's yeah. two teams. Like if you if you if you have four wins or more, you feel like you have a, a puncher's chance if you get hot and go. Which is all but two teams, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Well, I think I know who your bottom two teams are. I think yeah, you know, that's, you know who mine are. Yeah, there you go. Number well, one, let's start at the top. Kansas City Chiefs didn't play last week. We're in first place for both of us in the conference before the week started. Number one seed. Feeling good? Um, I'm feeling good about them being number one in the AFC right now. Just, I mean, what they they have the seven and two record, so they have the best win percentage in the conference. Um, and they're a team that has played good on defense. 
and they get the benefit of the doubt on offense, and they should. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, they got the stretch run to go here, and you know it, they've not been the most dominant football team in the whole world, but they're the reigning champs, and they deserve to be right here until they tell us otherwise. Right. Um, number two, I have the Miami Dolphins in second place. They're back. They fell to four for me last week. They also did not play, but I watched Baltimore blow a 14-point lead to Cleveland. I watched Jacksonville get absolutely shellacked by San Francisco. Miami, you look at their two most recent losses in Week 7 and Week 9 to Philadelphia and Kansas City, two teams that played in the Super Bowl last year and are the number one seeds in both respective conferences. Uh, They lost to the Chiefs by seven, had the ball, could not finish a drive to tie the game, and they were down seven to Philadelphia midway through the fourth quarter, had a turnover in the red zone, and then Philadelphia strung together like a six-minute drive and broke their back. So I think the quality of wins recently for Miami, that week four loss at Buffalo obviously was a while ago, but it is their, their black spot on their resume right now. I look at their more, more recent losses. I, I do think that defense is, is coming on for them. I have them number two. I think it's a good case for them at two. I, I kept them at three. I, I have Baltimore at two for myself. Um, I mean, blowing blowing the lead against Cleveland is not good. Um, but I think what they were able to do with the wins against, uh, what, Detroit in there uh, was, a, was a huge statement win. The big statement win yeah. against Seattle was, was the, I mean, really convincing wins. Um, but it'll it'll sort itself out. I, I I didn't have enough to flip them for me um, with the Dolphins being idle, but obviously an amazing week for uh, the Miami Dolphins not playing in the results that happened within the conference. I guess for Baltimore, for me, it was like, didn't it feel like we were kind of waiting for this kind of game to happen for them? Yeah, I don't disagree. I, say. I don't disagree with what you're saying. I think for them to be able to score like they did, um, like in a, in a game where they're like, if both teams are over 30, you know, they didn't, it didn't require them to, uh, be perfect or like, I, I thought they showed that they can compete in a different way. It's a division game. They're always mm-hmm. weird games. Like I said, I, I mean, I, I'm not, I think you can, you can debate two and three. And then I think four through six is probably pretty fluid as well, based on what you're going to cling to as your, your separating factors that matter the most to you. Well, I have the Ravens in three, so I agree with you. You could debate two and three. Uh, four, I have Jacksonville. I don't. I know they did not play well. I know they came out of the bye, and they laid an egg, and Trevor Lawrence looked really bad. Um, total body of work at this stage. I can't forget a five-game win streak. I understand they, they didn't play – a murderous row of opponents in there, but I'm also not penalizing the Dolphins for only beating teams that have sub 500 records. So to keep the same energy, Jacksonville division leader, I think everything that they want is still out in front of them. And it is a little bit of a projection for, I went where I think they will finish this season. Um, I have them at four. We'll get to Jacksonville for me in the next segment. Um, mm. <laughs> I got a couple teams ahead of them. I've got Cleveland at four. Um, I think them being able to win like they did um, against Baltimore means a lot to me. You got them at five, so yeah, you're not you're not yeah. far off there. Defense, right? That's kind of their big story. Although they've given up, they have 31 of the Ravens, 38 to the Colts. I mean, so they've they've certainly had a couple of 
moments here defensively, but it's a big play defense. And I think offensively, like they are playing better. They, I mean, they've, they've had their last three games, 385 yards, 326, 373, you know, they're, they've scored. I mean, what's their average points per game in the last four, 39, 20, 27, 33. Like they're finding themselves a little bit here. Um, I think they have some structural issues with their operation. Like you wish that in certain injuries weren't there and there was consistency in other areas, but you know, I think that them being able to kind of get through that shaky start, they've won four of the last five, their quarterback's healthy. That should help them. I'm in on Cleveland at four. I'm taking an MRI on his ankle yesterday. Who was that? Deshaun Watson. We'll see. Yeah, kind of tweaked, but the throwing shoulder is healthy and that, you know, Watson has shown the ability to play through stuff. Yep. Just not the throwing shoulder when apparently he can't throw the ball. Who do you have five? I have Houston at five. Um, I, I feel like it's the right place to put them as well. I mean, quality wins. They, they beat Jacksonville by 20. Was it earlier? I mean, it's a huge win over them and obviously they're going to play again, but then coming back like that since he win, uh, the dagger against Tampa. I mean, they're throwing the ball like crazy. They're resilient. I, um, I have a lot of respect for what's going on there. I think they have to prove that they can handle the length of the season, right. As a, as a young team with a new coach. Um, but I think they've with their, with their wins against Jacksonville and Cincinnati, uh, being a, a game, I mean, really a game back in first place in that division. I want to show them some love today. So I put them in the top five over, obviously over Jacksonville, who we're going to get to in the next segment, but I think the, the trends of the, of, of the two teams, right. I, I like where Houston's going. So I have them ahead of them. And I want to touch quickly on Houston, but I'll, I'll save it. Cause I have them at six. All right, so we have five and six flipped around a bunch. The middle, the middle should be good. But the middle six is coming up here in just a moment. And folks, we spend a lot of time talking together, you and I. We get fired up over the wins and the losses. Who's going to start? Who's going to sit? What player is going to sign with what team draft stuff? All of that. And I'm thankful for the connection that we have. And today I want our chat to be a little more personal. So whether you're on extended travel, you're bracing for a major weather event, or limited by yet another supply shortage, you are covered, my friend, thanks to our partners at Jace Medical. Life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply. Even ED generics for Cialis, Viagra, and Revatio prescriptions. So go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember, use our promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. If you or someone that you love would like to get some peace of mind and have an entire year supply of any daily medication, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember, use our promo code LOCKEDON. That'll get you $20 off your purchase. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Kyle, what you got next here? You said you had a little dangler here for Houston. Yeah, Um, (laughs) I had Jacksonville at four, Cleveland five, Houston six. You had Cleveland four, Houston five, Jacksonville six. That's right, yeah. Um, I think for Houston, and Houston found like this really 
exciting, different level of contribution. We, we talk about CJ Stroud, but I think that the game against Cincinnati worked the way that it did because they found themselves in the running game. And I think for me, their formula has to have that for them to consistently exist in the stratosphere of the conference. And until we see that, I'm just going to kind of edge towards the other teams that I think have shown that they can beat you in more ways. In Cleveland and, and Jacksonville. That's my final thought on Houston. That's fair. I mean, we're all going to have our reasons, right? I went into like, hey, big statement wins, big dynamic moments from your quarterback. But yeah, I think that that's a good call out on the rushing offense. Um, has not been a bright spot all season for them. And, you know, being able to do it against Cincinnati, that's a, I mean, it's a good team. It's a good team to run the ball against, but they start doing it moving forward. Yeah, Yeah, Jacksonville, Jets game, Cleveland. They're going to need it in those ones. Who do you have at seven? Uh, The Bengals, Cincinnati. I also have the Bengals at seven. Thought they were fully back. Right, There was was a four in a row they won. Uh, Big wins against San Francisco. Um, They beat the Bills, Seattle in that stretch. And then they have their consecutive home games, right? Houston and... I mean, they certainly had their chances to win the game. Um, Tyler Boyd's drop looms large. Couldn't get it done. And now they go at Baltimore, Pittsburgh, at Jacksonville, their next three. Pretty defining stretch of the season for the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll find out. Yeah, so I went on Tankathon just to kind of look at the order, and they have the remaining strength of schedule. And Cincinnati's remaining strength of schedule is not easy. I did not realize that it was as skewed as it was, but I think that's the concern for them was to drop a game against Houston who you would have liked to have think with Lou Anarumo against a rookie quarterback. Yeah. No matter how well that they were playing, they had not had the ability to run the football. You could really set yourself up. Joe, the win percentage of the remaining opponents left of the was eight games that the Bengals yeah, have. They don't play a team with a losing record. Not it's, one. It's 65% win yeah, percentage over their final eight games. There, there's only one other team in the league with a win percentage over 58%, and it's the Raiders <laughs> for the remaining strength of schedule. So Cincinnati to drop that one to Houston at home is a big time. Now, yeah. if anybody's going to do it, I, I wouldn't bet against Joe Burrow. Yeah. I mean, they were but, five and four that through nine last year, right? And went on a big run. So right. they can do it. That's exactly where they're at. They're five and four. (laughs) Right where they want to be. Their playoffs probably start in the next two weeks. Like y'all going to have to run the table here sooner rather than later. When you consider all the other opponents that you have. Uh, I had the bills at eight. Yeah, I have the bills at eight as well. I think you can make a case for Pittsburgh as a team that figures it out against a team that doesn't figure it out in the bills and even like the chargers, but they're kind of the same, just goofy, sloppy teams that, that don't execute in critical moments. But yeah, I think, I think eight's kind of the right ballpark for the bills, um, the sloppy operation. And Monday night was a good example of, of that Kyle. What, I mean, we, you and I talk bills and dolphins all the time, like obviously on podcasts, but also behind closed doors. I've been telling you, I think for what, at least a month and a half, I've been saying, Kyle, the bills aren't that team, right? I mean, <laughs> the bills are just not that team this year. And I think there's a lot of expired components of the operation and uh, a lot of sloppy, a lot of sloppy with them. So uh, credit to anybody who was, was ahead of the Bills kind of taking a, a big down year. Uh, it's certainly certainly happening right before our eyes with them at five and five. Yeah, they. Um, I think the reason I have them in, in front of the, the final two teams in my 10 
or Pittsburgh at nine and the Chargers at 10 is if I were to put those teams in a head-to-head matchup, who do I forecast would perform the best? Who do I think I would, would lean towards as having the best chance to win a head-to-head matchup? And, you know, Pittsburgh, I know what their record is, but it doesn't pass the sniff test. That's always been our thing with Pittsburgh. And when we picked them to win double-digit games in August, yeah, talk about the schedule, right? Um, and they've, they've won some games we didn't expect them to, and we'll see where they ultimately finish in a highly competitive division. But if you told me the Bills and Steelers were playing on a, a neutral field tomorrow, I'd probably pick the, the Bills to win by more than a field goal. And same can be said for the Chargers. So because of that, um, there's obviously talent on both of those teams. Pittsburgh's getting a little bit more respect for uh, their record. I think if their record was closer to 500, they'd probably be down around 12 for me. But their record not. But six and three. It is 67. percent So you're, you're right. sitting at nine. Yeah. For me. So that's yeah. where I had the final ten. Right. I felt the same way about Pittsburgh. It's like, man, like you. Fortunately, your record is what it is because, man, you be you be much lower. Uh, I have. It sounds like we have it the same order here. Bills eight, Pittsburgh nine, uh, the Chargers at ten. But it's a. Uh, it's a heck of a heck of a cluster, man. Heck of a cluster. Like I said, who'd you sneak in at eleven? Since we're, we're we'll do middle six. I put the Jets at eleven. Oh, okay. There's a conversation to be had there. Uh, so, I put the I put the Colts at eleven. Uh, my conviction is much less about the Colts being at eleven and just the state of affairs with the New York Jets. I I think if you applied the like neutral site game, I just feel like I'd ha- I thought about this with this these two having them in this order. I feel like the sloppiness of the Colts passing game against the Jets on defense, like I think that would give them a good chance. And here's the deal with Zach Wilson. That's just lost to the Raiders. I know that. Here's the thing about O'Connell at quarterback. I get it. I get it. (laughs) The Jets defense is really good. We know that. Zach Wilson is not a good quarterback, right? His problem is like, he just makes those critical back breaking mistakes and I expecting him to not do that at this point is probably silly, but I like, if he could just avoid that, he'd be like a baseline backup. Right. That gives you a chance with that defense. You know, he reminds me of, I don't know that you'll fully appreciate this, but I know dolphins fans. So he reminds me a little bit of Matt Moore right now. Remember Matt Moore in yeah, the I think it's a good take. early mid to 2010s kind of wild stallion kind of agent of chaos that can come into a game and run around and make something happen. But ultimately, if you put too much on the plate, you're just waiting for it to go nuclear in your face. Uh, the, the Jets are not my 12th team either. Oh, wow. You wow. That's, and and we'll, we'll save it for the next segment. But like, I think there's a conversation we had about the New York Jets. Um, but I put the Colts there, obviously coming off the 10-6 victory. Over the New England Patriots, the defense gets turnovers in the final two possessions down in scoring area. Um, I think the way that we've alluded to this football team is a fun, loose, scrappy football team that is kind of playing free with uh, a new coach and the expectations that were not there with Anthony Richardson in the developmental year. And uh, they're getting back to being able to run the football. I think they're playing – Admirable defense. When we when we looked at their their depth chart at the beginning of the season, we looked at their corners and their pass rush. We said, "Well, all their pass rushers are the same kind of guy, and their corners are all young and experienced." And who knows what you have? And you you've seen 
some bright spots for Indianapolis. So, you know, them right in the thick of it in this AFC wild card race, say what you will, uh, but they are. Um, they're the team that I have to let. All right. We got to sort out the bottom five. Looks like Kyle and I are going to have plenty of things different there. So it's going to be exciting to get into. But look, check out FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on this action. The app, super easy to use, and there's a ton of different things that you can bet on, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off this NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Who do you have at 12? Colts. Okay. I have the Denver Broncos at 12. Okay. This team's last four games. Been nice. It's been nice. This ain't the team that gave up 70 points in week three. This defense. Creating turnovers. Getting after the quarterback. Applying some pressure. It's been impressive. I think it's a bummer that Buffalo didn't come out and just pound the freaking ball because it was there to be had. Right. And that's that's that was the pathway to giving up 70. You know, if you want to go back to that defense and why it had its problems when they had that nuclear game, mine were in for 350 in that game. And then you, you're, you're Buffalo, and James Cook, I understand he put the ball on the ground the first play of the game. I thought it was a little excessive to put him on the shelf until the middle of the second quarter. First fumble since his first career game, 27 right. in a row. No right. fumbles. <laughs> and uh, I was like eight yards a touch, whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, a little over seven. Yeah. A really productive game. And uh, well, that, that game obviously went down to the wire. So uh, Denver still has a team that has its concerns, but they tagged Pat Mahomes for turnovers. They tag, now tag Josh Allen for turnovers. The scoring defense is way down. Uh, they got a little life to them. Now they have a training wheels operation on offense right now. That's yeah. That's the thing about that. Like the Denver, like what this offense is, what is it? It's, it's Russ, take the ball, run around for four seconds, find an open guy or get sacked. Like that's what it is. Is it, is it not the best offense remaining (laughs) of the teams in the AFC? Woo. Oh man. That's a low bar to clear. Yes, obviously. and, And I would put the jets in this conversation too. If you told me Broncos, Raiders, Jets, Titans, and Patriots, who is the best offense? You want to talk about just a uh, a pile of suck. I mean, offensively, that, that's what that is. Not a, Those offenses are all bad. So I think the Broncos are the best offense. They have a couple quality wins now, and they have come to life in some phases defensively. I put them at 12. I have them at 14. 14, so. which means you have the Raiders in front of them. I sure do. The five and five Raiders. Little little two game bump now for Antonio Pierce. Right. Maybe Josh McDaniels is just really bad, man. This is the stratosphere that Pittsburgh would be in. 
but they've they won games, man. They won games. Uh, I have the Raiders at 13 as well. Uh, can we get Titans and Patriots at 15, 16 out of the way? Yeah. And other news water is wet. I, how, do you, how do you put any other team besides the Titans and Patriots is 15 and 16? Uh, man, you, you didn't have the movement that you needed here at the end. You ended up with five teams in, in the same spot as last week. Did I? Yeah. You I'm had Chiefs and it. Ravens at one and two. And yep. you had Colts and Raiders at 12 and 13. And then you had the Patriots at 16. I have the Jets at 14, Joe. We are on the brink. I understand Aaron Rodgers is telling everybody he's going to come back mid-December. When they're out of the playoffs, and they're, they're going to have to, so he could have, but he didn't need to, so they Correct. took the extra time. Yeah, we get it. We, know, we already know Correct. how this movie goes. Uh, did you catch any of the quotes from the Jets' offensive players after the game? I mean, you've you've alluded to them. I'm gonna pull up a few, including from Garrett Wilson. Um, and this this is where the defense playing the way that it is, the season reaching the stratosphere that it is, or the timeline that it is, and all of the offensive weight, three touchdowns in five weeks to this Jets team right now. Three touchdowns. They, they did this last year, though. Like, like you know, they I, went I, the- and they and they lost out. And they finished with a losing right. record. They finished seven and ten. Right? So Sauce Gardner, we're not playing complimentary football. Gardner also said defense, this courtesy of Connor Hughes. D- Gardner also said defense feels they have zero margin for error with offense struggling. Right. Uh, Garrett Wilson. Very open and honest with his thoughts. I don't know what y'all want me to say. I'm tired of this. I want to play better. The whole offense wants to play better. We've been saying what we've been trying to do. We come out every week trying to make it happen. It's frustrating. Uh, no one ever said this was going to be easy. I have to put my head down and get to work. That's how I approach things. Okay, so he finished it with a positive note. Um, and then you also had one other quote from Tyler Conklin. There's really no good answer to give you guys other than we have to figure it the F out. And even saying that sounds like a broken record. What are they going to do? Say, hey, Zach Wilson really, really stinks, and we were supposed to have Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't matter. You got two divisional games in a row now at four and five. If you lose those two with the stretch that you're on offensively the last month of the season, tell me this thing does not collapse like that. But what's how is that surprising? When Aaron Rodgers went down and he went back to Zach Wilson. But it's it's happening. So that's the point. And that's why I have them at 14 is it's like, okay, here we go. We're going to pull another Jenga block out and see if if this is the week and you're starting to see the cracks. And that's I'm worried about the Jets from that capacity. Now, maybe they win the next two games and and Ali Crow and we'll put them back up at eight in the power rankings and for week 13. I mean, I have them 11 and you have them 14. Yeah. So this, the AFC East that was supposed to be this Aaron Rodgers, Bills, Dolphins race, and the Patriots scrappy right there. What is it? The Dolph- you have it. The Dolphins at two, the Bills at eight, the Jets at fourteen, and the Patriots at sixteen. Like they might have the 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 lowest average rank of any division. Oh, 
That's fun. I'll I'll do that off air. How's that? <laughs> and we'll we'll do a follow up, and then we can do the follow up for the NFC on Thursday. Because who, who, who none of those teams are going in the right direction. None of them, except right. for the, the Dolphins, right? Like right. I mean, Dolphins sat on the buy and, and gained a game in the standings on everybody last week. Patriots might be the worst team in the league. The Jets are reeling. The Bills have lost. They're two and four in their last six. They've lost three of four. Like what? Yeah, it's uh, yikes. Be interesting to see how it continues to trend, but. That's going to do it for us here on this episode of Locked on NFL Scouting. I'm Kyle Krabs. He is Joe Marino. Uh, you can catch us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. I hope you have a great rest of your day. I'll be back in tomorrow to talk about the NFC. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.